How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my city and wide. Yeah, let me take my time. I'm on my grind. Gotta make sure that we shine. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. HR to the death and first always my team for sure. Go roll. Can't fall off. Got a family support. Gotta make sure we succeed and reach our dream. Now live through me. I'm about to take off. Yeah, and it's no days off. Hello. And welcome to what I have no doubt will be the most listened to episode of the Lockdown Knicks podcast to date by the time we're done. Um, I am your host, Jared Dubin, and I am lucky enough to be joined for episode 89 by the maester, the great network himself, Jason Concepcion. We're going to talk about Derek Rose's day off. Um, <laughs> Man, this was so weird. Let's um, let's, we'll, we'll try first to walk through the timeline of how everything went down uh, last night and, and this, sort of the, the information we know by now on Tuesday afternoon. And then we'll, sure. uh, we'll work through some questions that, that people sent to us last night when we really had no information uh, around like 11.30 last night. We um, really, like, hold on, which... The, the no information part really is like the notable thing about this. Yeah, it's it's you know really I mean? like strange. That's, really, that's that's the central plot point. Right. I said that on on Twitter last night. Like it's 2017. Not knowing anything about any story at this point is crazy. But like when Woj is putting up posts at like two hours after something happened. Actually, that, when Woj didn't know, I got scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People were legitimately like, oh, I hope he's safe. Woj knows nothing. Like, there could be something seriously wrong. I mean, they sent a, someone to his apartment to see if he was dead. Yeah, that was uh, Ian Begley from ESPN <laughs> r- reported that they sent someone to his apartment when they couldn't reach him. Yeah, it's crazy. So so let, let's, let's walk through this. Actually, I was at the game for pregame last night. I was there to work on a story about the Pelicans. And I got everything I needed from the Pelicans locker room before the game. So since I've been sick for the last couple weeks, I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, take off early, which I wound up doing like 20, 25 minutes before the game starts. Didn't seem like there was anything going wrong at that point. Um, Everything was normal before the game. Everything at Jeff Hornacek's press conference was normal. He said that um, he was on. He was slated to be the starter. Right, Mendagas Kuzminskis was the only one that was going to not play because he was sick. You know, the NBA flu is going around. I think now twenty-seven teams have had somebody sit out because they were sick Uh, over the last few weeks. Tom Harrisher has been tracking that. Um, Jimmy Butler is the latest. Jimmy Butler, the latest, um, and somebody else earlier, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Sitting out tonight with uh, gastroenteritis. Get your flu uh, shots. 
Yeah, people. you know, flu, flu-like symptoms. Everybody sort of uses the catch-all, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hornacek answered a question I believe during pregame about the Derrick Rose Drew Holiday matchup. So did Alvin Gentry during his session. Everything seemed like it was fine. Then all of a sudden, uh, about seven or eight minutes before the game starts, Nick's PR tweets out that Brandon Jennings is starting and Rose is not with the team. Quote, 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 that's the actual quote, Right, not with the team. Not with the team. Somebody, I I believe it it was either Aliana Zone or Stefan Bondi that requested to know whether he was excused for personal reasons. The team said no. But that was all the information we had until for like a, for a long time, for like three hours. Yeah, for but somewhere between two and three hours until Woj came out with like he's been growing frustrated with Jeff Hornacek and he was unhappy about the benching uh, towards the end of last week against uh, the Bucks on Friday, and then uh, I guess they they didn't him and Carmelo didn't really play against the Pacers down the stretch on Saturday either, uh, and, and even that was really the only kind of information we got for a while after that. Then Frank Isola came out with the, the, the news that Rose had gone back to Chicago. There was speculation that it was some well, sort of think, family I, issue. I don't, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but I think at the time it, it originally was there are indications. Right, indications. Right. That he, that he so may that have returned to Chicago. Morning, right. Um, then, uh, you know, so Isola reported that. Then there was uh, speculation slash some reports that he was dealing with some sort of family issue. During this time, there was like a Twitter war over people that wanted to make jokes about it and people that were like expressing concern. All of those people were sort of uh, attacking each other over who wanted to do what. Um, Obviously a very strange situation all throughout the night. Um, Finally, a little bit after like 1 o'clock in the morning, Mark Berman reported that Rose had talked to Steve Mills. Um, This is probably what... We'll keep it linear, sorry. Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll go back to interjections um, at any point. And then finally, this morning, Ian Begley reported that Rose was just back at the practice facility uh, talking again to Steve Mills. And then he talked to the media, and then Jeff Hornacek talked to the media, and uh, Phil Jackson did not talk to the media, which he also did last night. Um, Hornacek also was the one that addressed the media after the game last night, basically said, like, I have no information. You'll know when we know. Which, by the way, it was, like, hashtag I agree with Frank Isola. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was bullshit, by the way. Yeah. Like, where is um, Steve Mills and where is Phil Jackson? Like, that's their – like, Hornacek was coaching the fucking game. Right. Hornacek, like, <laughs> clearly like, had no not, information. Players had no idea except like, – Noah talked apparently talked to Rose after the game, and all he told reporters was he's okay. Uh, didn't really want to say more than yeah. that. Several of the players were like, "I have no idea what's going on. This is really scary. I just hope he's okay." Uh, KP, Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings all said that. Uh, Carmelo didn't talk to the media after the game because he got tossed. Um, Kylo Quinn also got tossed. So <laughs> all of those things happened. Um, okay, and then so there no, were there were several Davis reports. Sixty twenty. What's that? Anthony Davis was on pace for a 60-20. Right, yeah. That. 48 and, and 18, 48 and 15, something like that. Um, some reports, uh, Casey Johnson, the Chicago reporter, said, you know, this isn't all of it, but I'm told that being away from his son more is weighing very he- very heavily on Rose. There were some people that said that he went home um, 
to see his mother. Um, looking through all of these things here, then Nick's PR said Derek Rose has rejoined the team and has been fined. He is expected to be in uniform tomorrow in Philadelphia. Um, Rose's first quote, which was one of the all-time Knicks quotes that Frank Isola tweeted out, things happen. Um, also, like, why he didn't answer his phone, he needed space. Yeah. Um, is, his like, absence was so a family like, issue and had nothing to do with basketball. Um, he flew to Chicago to be with his family yesterday and flew back to New York this morning. Um, Derek Rose on why he didn't call the Knicks. Uh, I just had to be with my family. Um, sure. He denied any rift with Jeff Hornacek. Um, yeah, like you said, he needed his space. Uh, Jeff Hornacek said he wished Derek Rose would have contacted the team, but said he wasn't disappointed in Rose because it's a family issue. Uh, I'm just going through all the tweets here. I mean, I just think that that's like one of that's like a great hashtag understatement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he had called me before he literally <laughs> ghosted on a fucking game. Uh, Hornacek said, "If Rose is in the right mental state, he will start tomorrow in Philly." Um, okay, here Mike, Michael Scotto has the full quote from Rose on the things happen thing. Um, a reporter asks, Derek, did you feel as a ball player with this team that you had a responsibility to let them know earlier? And Rose says, yeah, but things happen, and of course that's not the person I am. I explained to my teammates I didn't want any distractions to the team, especially with what we have going on right now. I apologized to them earlier and let them know that it will never happen again, but this wasn't me. This never happened to me before, and I explained to the, that to the team and the front office. Um, that's a, a long-winded way of saying basically nothing. Like, this isn't me. Like, clearly it was him. Well, he did it. <laughs> I guess somebody, like, maybe it was somebody else, though. <laughs> I think we should leave open the possibility that it was someone else. We might what have to, but, uh, but before we dig into all of the weirdness, I got to get to the, the great money quote, which I think should become the defining quote of this situation, where somebody asked Jeff Hornacek, when the Knicks had an idea that it was a family issue, and Hornacek, uh, via Mike Vorkunov, who uh, contributes to the New York Times and USA Today and Vice Sports, he said, Hornacek said, there was speculation, I think, that we maybe heard from somebody that might know him. <laughs> Which is just one of the all-time weird Knicks quotes that has ever happened and seems destined to go down in the annals of Nick's history. It's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's so. It's very. And let me just say this. <clears throat> I wrote a piece about this that um, probably by the time people hear this will be up at the Ringer. Just talking about how the Knicks, it like they try to actively be weird, almost like you can be bad in the league and you can be mediocre and that can happen quite easily and you can do that honestly by trying to be good through a variety of things that happen injuries changes to the league the sudden ballooning of the uh, of the salary cap various things can happen um, but the Knicks like go out of their way to be to do it in the most strange way possible and like this is a prime this is a prime example yeah they and acquire they acquire a guy with numerous lower leg injuries, a history of them, who 
was in the midst of a civil assault, sexual assault trial, and... That started on the day training camp started. Right. And then, who has now, literally, at one point, literally disappeared. Right. (laughs) For like like a day. Somebody tried to compare this to the Stefan Marbury, Larry Brown feud back in the day where Marbury was sent away from the team. This is different because... Yeah, that was different. Everybody knew what was happening with Marbury and Larry Brown. They were openly feuding for weeks, taking shots at each other, like five feet away from each other, directly to reporters, and calling and each other also, out. And then that happened again, kind of, with Isaiah, and that was the same thing. Everybody just understood. Right, and everybody knew what was happening as it was happening, and Brown, like, sent Marbury away from the team. This is a guy going AWOL with no explanation he the day of the game around. after he was at shoot-around. <laughs> and and nobody knew until like like the, the Knicks clearly didn't know throughout the entire game. And nobody he, knew like, anything. And it's not like yeah, and it's like it's not nineteen eighty, like they were blowing up his phone. Yeah, they were calling him, nobody could reach he him. Could've, he straight he up just didn't answer the phone. He could have like texted an emoji of a plane. Like, right. He could <laughs> He could have done any number of things. It could have been the DeAndre Jordan emoji wars of 2015. He could have called his manager and been like, tell them this. Right. I don't want to talk to them right now. They couldn't get in touch with anybody. Um, Obviously, we've seen several, the Knicks are a dumpster fire disaster. They sent sent someone to his apartment because they were concerned that he was like dead in there. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... I don't know where it ranks among the strange things in Nick's history, even like Nick's history since I've been alive. Like, and, and look, I, I feel good that, that we're having this discussion because we used to get like the Chris Ryan used to send us like the depressed Knicks fan bat signal at Grantland, like when, when weird Nick stuff would go down. This is like, this doesn't, it's, it's exceeding like players, whatever have just ghosted before. But it's rare that the team has no idea for this long. Like, uh, if if it was a if it was an actual emergency, then you say personal reasons. It's very easy. Right. If he's absent without leave, then you say um, he's absent without leave, and we'll we'll probably s- either suspend and or fine him. You know, and that you say that, but it was clear that one no one knew anything. No one could get in touch with him, and this went on for a long time. And even like when Woj was even like. I'm not even sure. Like, he tweeted a story that was like, no one knows where he is. I was like, oh, shit, Woj doesn't know. Right. And then that was, so that's one, no one actually knew. And then number two, it was also clear that no one knew what to say. Like, there was no, no one was calling a shot with like, okay, here's here's the Knicks team franchise company line, say this. Like, why was Hornacek out there dealing with this? Why was why was it up to Joachim Noah to tech to, like, call Rose from the locker room and then say something to the media? Like, why was it at that level? Right, you know, we like, don't know yet if that was the first person to make contact after the game. It's, it certainly right. seems like it was, because he was the first person like, to express any knowledge about anything. Um, apparently, he talked to Steve Mills last night. Um, we don't know. If he's talked to Phil Jackson yet, because Phil Jackson declined to speak to the media last night and again this morning. No um, one is, is even sure what Phil is. Like, what is Phil up to right now? He's on a vision quest somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, we should also add that the thing that I really there's so many facets to this. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna jump around because there's so much that like needs yeah, to be. Yeah, the one I really like is that um, ostensibly the first actual contact between uh, Rose and the team was last night when he called them because he needed a flight back. Oh right, yeah. And they, <laughs> they got him a charter, or it says Ramona Shelburne of ESPN reported this, and she said Rose did not fly commercial, which you would suspect that means charter, therefore. So that opens up like the non-zero possibility that the plane ticket that the Knicks acquired or arranged for Rose, whatever, is actually more than the fine that they yeah. him. <laughs> which would which be like possible. one of the most Knicks things... That ever happened? It's oh my god! I I don't know whether it's like it's weird or it's sad or it's like it's it wasn't predictable. You can't predict somebody just straight up going AWOL. Like that's not a thing that normally happens. So Uh, so we were so this is a thing we've been debating online is that let's say the Knicks now Max Rose is that I say yes is that the worst? deal in Nick's history. If they max trade, him? Good trade lord. Trade or free agent signing or whatever. Is that the worst move in Nick's history? Yes, if they max it. Is it worse than Jerome James? Yes. Is it worse? <laughs> I say yes. I say yes. And I'll, I'll argue for it, but you go, but you, you tell me. <sighs> hmm. Are we is talking just basketball-wise no, or just like circus-wise? <clears throat> oh, you mean like is it worse than Isaiah's case? Like, right, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like, I don't know if it's worse yeah, than the whole Isaiah move. thing. Basketball move. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Eddie Curry was really damaging when you consider all that went into it. What they gave up for him, what they had to give up to get rid of him. Um, all of what happened while he was there. Very, very bad. Um Bargnani. Bargnani obviously was a straight-up disaster. But, and, and everybody saw... The thing about Bargnani that's so different is everybody knew that it was... A, or everybody reasonable knew there were some holdouts, um, <laughs> knew that it was a disaster um, straight from the jump. Like, take that Masai Ujiri aside. It was bad. Um, it was... Everybody knew. Like, Eddie Curry was a little bit different he was still considered a good player and even had like some good stretches when he was with the Knicks, but he had a heart problem and didn't need to be given a massive contract and you didn't need to give up that much to get him. But at least he was like considered a positive player at the time. Bargnani was considered like one of the most negative players in the league and they were going to waive him. And the Knicks gave up a freaking first round pick and second rounders to get him. So like that was straight up a disaster from the, from the get go. The Rose thing, like I was, fervently against uh you were not quite as against as me but also fairly against if i'm remembering correctly yeah my, um, my thing was that um it's a relatively small price it's not the worst move my 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 argument basically was it's not a terrible move when you kind of weigh the assets against whatever, but I was against it, yes. Right, but there were people who made, I think, at least semi-legitimate arguments that it was a worthy gamble. I didn't agree with those arguments, but they were they held much more weight than any of the arguments about Bargnani did. So in that basketball sense, like, it didn't start off being worse, but at least Bargnani they let go when the disaster was over, 
extending this rose thing beyond this year, oh man, that would be. See, that's, I mean, okay, now that this is my argument for it being worse than the worst move in history. <clears throat> Even though I think I think you could make the case fairly that um, Curry. Bargnani, et cetera, those were more damaging in terms of like how long they damaged the team for. Um, and more damaging I mean, on I, court, too. Like, Bargnani was I, so I, I negative, Curry was so if, negative. I say this is more damaging if they if they max Rose because you're essentially getting a free look at him. If after, one, signing him in the, while he's in the midst of a sexual assault case, two, understanding his injury history, three, seeing him on the court, he's 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 looked at best average, like a replacement level player at best, and then like at worst just not good. Certainly not a max player. And then three, the fact that he like literally disappeared without calling or answering his phone. Um, I think if you then go into the, uh, the meeting with Rose after all that and going, well, we got to sign him then there's there's no excuse for that. Now, with Eddie Curry, with Jerome James, and some of those other deals, those were bad. But it's kind of like you were... It, it, it was essentially like low-information decisions. You know, you're looking, you're, you're looking at a guy from across an arena. With this, it's like you're... They're in the room with this guy. <clears throat> they're yeah. dealing directly with him. You know, it's like you've got an up-close look at what life with Derrick Rose for the foreseeable future would be like. You know, Bargnani is a separate thing where I subscribe to the theory, as I'm sure you do, that that was... Uh, <coughs> that Dolan probably knew... Everything that Dolan knew about Bargnani came from the basketball reference page, like at best. <laughs> like, you know, that's how he knew Bargnani. So it, that's kind of like a special case in that you know, like Dolan didn't even know this guy. With this, it's like it's the same kind of thing. Like Dolan could ostensibly talk to Rose. Dolan has been around. Dolan will be was might have been in the building when Rose wasn't there. Like this would be a unfathomable, like you know, fault. Just like it's it's a mistake that doesn't need to be made. That you understand that every indication that he's giving you up to this point would be that it would be a mistake to, to re-sign him. I don't think they will. But just the fact that it would be so bad is very exciting to me and scares me at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I've mean, i been fairly vocally against re-signing him beyond this year at all. Uh, obviously, I think that maxing him would be a disaster of epic proportions. Um, but that, that's... Yeah, that's, that's it would that's, be that. Right, that's, be so bad. that's all hypothetical. Like... What do you think about like the the game last night? I mean, I don't know how much of it you watched with the national championship on, but I think it sort of like clearly affected the guys on the court. Like they weren't in sync from the jump. Like granted, they've been playing pretty terribly over the last couple weeks anyway, but like a lot of guys sort of looked like they wanted no part of the game. Like, <laughs> well, certainly I think you know when you're not sure like if a guy is alive, you know it's like. Yeah, how do you play it? Like, like my original my original thought when they first announced um, that Rose wasn't with the team was that oh something happened something like real yeah you know someone is in the hospital someone's dead something like really unexpected and serious happened and I'm sure 
the players thought that as well because this is not something that happens, especially when you don't hear anything. Not hearing anything would be more alarming. And so, like, I, like obviously we don't know, but it would not surprise me that it affected their play. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a pretty terrible situation to put the teammates in, too. Like, that, that, I don't think that aspect has really been talked about that much. Like, putting your teammates in that situation where they know nothing about if you're okay. Yeah. Like, they, they all talked about that after the game. Like, I hope he's okay. But that had to have weighed on them, too. You know, I can't imagine it doesn't. Like, you're with a guy all day, uh, every not not all day, every day, but, like, you know, you're with him on the road, you're with him at practice, you're with him at games, you're with him for shoot-arounds, you're with him all the time. I would imagine a lot of the guys, or even just a few of the guys, are friends with him. Obviously, we know Joe Kim Noah has been close with him for a long time. Like, it's... Man, it's... And look, there's been speculation, and he's said, and the team has now said, that it was some sort of family issue. There have also been several reports that it was an issue between him and Jeff Hornacek. There was some reporting he, that, he was, right. that he, he was benched recently in favor right. of um, the Ron blue-eyed, blonde-haired, slow-of-foot Ron Baker. Everybody wants some star Ron Baker. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I mean... He was the pitcher? Yeah, the that's... He was... Um, you know that how they say that, that you have to have two weirdos on every yeah. team. The weirdos, he wasn't one of them, but he was one of the background guys. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, who knows at this point what the real explanation is? Like, I don't know how well, like, things happen and it was a family issue is going to sit with the fan base in general. Um, if it is a family issue, as somebody said this to me on Twitter, I can't remember who it was. It's not necessarily anybody's business beyond sure, that. But, like, but it would be, like, I would imagine people want more of an explanation than just things happen. Well, I mean, like, yeah, listen, family things happen and they should take precedence over your work. If there's an emergency, I, I don't understand how that um, impacts the fact that he should have, like, at least texted or had someone else text or texted Joe Kim Noah or talk. You know, he didn't even have to talk to anybody. He could have his manager do it. Have his agent right. do it. Just have, like, literally anybody communicate to literally anybody what was happening. Um, you know, whether it's him, his agent, his brother, who's been, you know, like a sort of manager type, like I how guess. Many calls, how many people do you think, how many individual entities call Derek Rose in the, say, a two to three hours between when he didn't show up at the arena to, like, whenever they first heard from him when he's like, I need a plane ticket. Yeah, well, we know and somebody was dispatched Nils. to his... Right, so, the, a per, right. so certainly, like, Nick's PR won. Two Mills. Mm -hmm. Jackson? Jackson? Who knows? Like, we have no did idea Jackson what he come did. come down into the trenches and actually call players? Yeah, I mean, who who the hell knows? Like, so let's, well, let's say yes. Hornets, I would I would say like they probably had Noah try to get in touch with him before the game, right? right? So, like, or who well, else? Like, I don't know who like else his close friends are on the team. Like his manager, like they surely called his manager, his agent. And like, did they tr did they try to get B J Armstrong on the phone? Did B J Armstrong hey, know anything? Certainly, like B J Armstrong is going to pick up the phone if it's like says Nick's. Right? You would think, like, 
Was B.J. Armstrong with him? Who knows? Like, we have no, no idea. Thing, like, and then B.J. Armstrong has to call and be like, where are you? So there's like, there would be a lot of people calling Derrick Rose. People that ostensibly, like, in any other situation, you'd be like, I gotta take this. It's the Knicks. Or yeah. it's my age. Like, I mean, I don't know, it's like, like, at that point, if you can't find a player... Like, do you get the NBPA involved? Like, how, how do they play into it? Who knows how many people were looking for him? I'm just, like, it's just kind of, like, unprecedented that you wouldn't pick up the phone. And then, like, for the excuse, basically, being, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have picked up the phone. It's like, yeah, no shit, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, you should have picked up the phone. Everybody knows that. Like, why, like, why not? Why, why didn't you? Why not pick up the phone? It's just like that kind of, it's a level, it's like a really basic level of professionalism that's like crazy to not have. Yeah. You don't even have to, it's like I said, like, it's not like if you or I were calling in sick, you can have someone else do it. Like I can text, he can text BJ Armstrong and say, and be like, yo, call Steve Mills and tell him this. So, by the way, somebody uh, just tweeted out, uh, one Knicks player said Rose addressed the team on the court before practice but didn't go into specifics why he left. Didn't sure. feel he needed to know. Yeah. So, I mean, even the team, I guess, doesn't know why he left. Like, And and all that's happening is a fine. Uh, which is weird. Right? Because, yeah, like, I think so. Team- wouldn't an actual team suspend him? I mean, Greg Popovich would just be like, no. He'd trade him. Greg Popovich would be like, we're going to trade you. I mean, he probably just caught him. Yeah. Um, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like, why? The, the big thing here also, like, this was so easily avoidable. Like, sure. even if you're going to leave, like, let people know like it's basic it seems so obvious like if you're not going to work you tell your employer yeah I don't get it it's weird um so I'm I'm glad he's okay and that his I hope his family's okay but this is a really strange thing that I would imagine like I would think think we'll continue to get more information about but at this point like who knows right maybe we won't like it's possible this could become one of those things that just nobody knows about like uh, one of those urban legend kind of things where you'll speculate like forever why not suspend him a game like do we want to make the playoffs that bad yeah i mean it, it just shows that there's sort of like no consequences like why is that? I guess. Sometimes, I guess teams a lot of times don't do that. That's true. Like what? It's what? This is the consequence for disappearing. Like and and look, even Hornacek said that all Rose told him was, "Coach, this is not a basketball issue." Okay. So like. Uh, I mean, because he wasn't at the game. <laughs> like, is that why? Yeah, I. I I have no idea. Like, uh, uh, I mean, it's like I'm kind of. So let's let's talk about the Phil Jackson end of it's this weird. because, like, 
where is he on this? This is really, like, he didn't show up even to Rose's introductory press conference when, like, he just traded for a guy who was about to, like, go on trial for sexual assault in a couple months. And they just they just let the dude sit up there and like he did not comment on for a long time. Right, and then when he did, he said some very weird things about. We were aware of it. Right, and like questioned why people were even asking about it. Um, And and like, so he didn't even show up to that press conference. Rose is sitting up there, like dropping a bunch of f bombs and whatnot. Um, Phil obviously has said several strange things throughout the season. He's been available for questions like once and gave like two interviews that were weird as shit. Like, and and he's nowhere to be found when this happens. It's like. He was in the building. At what point is there accountability for him on this? You know? It's bizarre. Like, there doesn't seem to be much accountability for Rose to begin with. Like, that's a separate issue, I think, though, from, from Phil. Not like. How do you not explain anything to anybody? Like, you're just straight that up is, not going to take questions. I mean, that questions. is a real concern. Like, Rose, whatever. They, they'll handle Rose however they decide to handle it. But I think you're absolutely right in the fact that that there seemed to be no direction, that they were flying, like, blind completely with no kind of unified messaging on what they were going to say and what to... Like, okay, you don't know. Great. What is the one line that you're going to say... Mm-hmm. And how do you not have the person in charge right. be the Same. one to deliver like, why that is line? Jeff Hornacek, who was coaching the fucking game and has no, and sh- has no idea, and we should have no expectation that he has any idea about Derek Rose's whereabouts. Why are we asking him about right. it? And he had to come out and be like, "Yeah, I don't have anything for you. you. Everything him, will become clear. Like, like everything will become clear. Like that was a strange line too last night after the game." Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know really what else to say other than it's so weird. Like, where do you think this ranks among, like, the weird things that have happened in our Knicks watching lives? I think it's one of the weirdest. I honestly do. I mean, I think it's, um, it's up there. I put it, I put it way up there. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's up, up there with the no, Marbury thing. It's the Marbury thing. I would think the only thing that is, uh, I would say second weirdest, and it was really weird, was, um, when the Knicks ran from Houston's uh, oh my offer, God. RFA offer for Jeremy Lin. Yeah, when they were like playing hide and seek at the Summer League. The famous poison pill offer when it when it <laughs> was reported that Glenn Grunwald and team were just like running in and out of hotel like rooms and hiding. Literally yeah. hiding from the documents. Yeah, that was that was very strange. Like what? What else? I'm trying to think. Like the like the whole Jeremy Lin thing to begin with was strange. Obviously, a different kind of strange. Um, you know, the Mike D'Antoni resigning, firing thing was strange. Jeff Van Gundy quitting in the middle of the season was strange. Uh, Marv Albert's firing was strange. Yeah, that like, was up there. That, um, was that was good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, this is the Gold Club. Oh um, my god, the Gold Club trial! I like, somehow like, totally forgot about that. That was like that. stuff that you had never heard. Like, it was like some seriously a graphic testimony, the likes of which we had yeah, not like heard. Patrick Ewing from, literally from talking about exotic superstar in <laughs> and like ever. You'd never heard that kind of like. Patrick shit. Ewing literally talking about being pleasured by exotic dancers, 
in court. That was wild. Yeah. Um, James Dolan and Isaiah Thomas continuing to deny that they were found liable for oh, sexual yeah. harassment is certainly yeah. one of the weirder ongoing things. Noted sexual harasser Isaiah Thomas appearing fact, on NBA-sponsored air. Like, it didn't happen. Right. Isaiah talking about how he was found innocent because MSG assumed liability for it. Like, like, no, that's that's really not what <laughs> that's not what happened. Yeah, no, and like I remember uh, Anuka Brown Sanders' lawyer tweeting out like the verdict. Yeah, that, that came from the jury. Like, yeah, no, he was was guilty. Um, yeah. Okay, oh, so, uh, I mean, this is like a tangential Knicks thing, but like, like Dolan. Like, quote unquote, forcing the Rockettes to dance at the inauguration is kind of like one. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Dolan setting the kazoo record a couple of years ago was a yeah, weird ass thing, that. and like making the Knicks come there with him. Um, like Carmelo and Amari are on stage blowing kazoos. Amari's wearing like I don't even know what the hell he was wearing. Amari bathing in red wine, by the way, was weird as hell. Oh, that, I, that I give a pass because athletes just do weird shit. Yeah. They, do, they do strange stuff. I mean, remember Wade had that commercial for, like, the copper band? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Carmelo talking about how... Just, like, like, flat out, like, snake oil. Carmelo's uh, fashion spread talking about how he's been at the forefront of the timepiece movement was a good one. <laughs> I, I, that one, again, I give a pass because, like, a lot of, like, a lot of guys are... No, I just thought it was funny. Like, like, what? I just thought it was funny how he called them timepieces. Well, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Course. Has Melo been on Hodinkee? One of those Hodinkee videos? I don't know. Yeah. I know J.J. Redick has. Yeah, J.J. and Iguodala has. Which, like, I mean, I like watch. I like a watch. I appreciate a fine watch, but I'm nowhere near, like, I don't, like, make coin to be, like, a connoisseur of watches. But those, like, watch videos are strangely, like, mesmerizing to hear, like, people from all walks of life just kind of opine in, at length about watches. Like, John Mayer, I think you can make the case that John Mayer is legitimately more relevant today as a, a watch tastemaker <laughs> than a musician. I'm dead serious. It's possible. So I'm dead serious. Let's, um, let's take some questions that we got on sure. Twitter. Um, let's say we got, like, I would say... 20 variations of this question that um, that we got from Alan Sepinwall, the great TV critic uh, now for Uproxx, um, who is also a, a big Knicks fan. And basically, I would, again, like 20 different people asked essentially the same question. Like, if they finally agree to blow this whole thing up, what's the market for basically everyone other than KP? Like, we got questions about, like, what's Derek Rose's trade value? What's Courtney Lee's trade value? Should we start tanking? Do the Knicks even know how to tank? Yeah, I mean, we should like, start tanking. Like, this is a more, this is like a deeper philosophical que like question. I think certainly the Knicks tried to, to win this season. They want to make the playoffs, and the fact that they're not winning opens them up to all types of criticism. Um, the first being that they're trying to win and they're not, and they made moves in order to win. That they Which seems to happen, like, almost every time they try to win. Right. Um, but, but, but by the way, like... They've lost eight of ten, and they're now four games under five hundred. They're two games back of the playoffs. Right, like, it's not the worst. Like, yeah, like it's not disaster. Like they could go on a run. January's got the, their schedule for January's week. 
Uh, they, you know, they play the Sixers, they play the Mavericks, they play uh, the Wizards, they play a bunch of 500 teams, you know, and there's a chance that they could they'd be right back in this, you know. I think um, the wider question is, assuming that, let's say, Mello waves his no trade, where does he wave his no trade to? Where would he like, agree to wave his no trade to? Like... The Clippers and the Cavs? Yeah. I feel like that's, like, it. Yeah. And I, I feel like the Clippers, maybe. The Cavs, no way that happens. Right. The Cavs aren't trading for Melo at this point. I think that's... The Bulls? Because Wade is there? But, like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. they've they're, got they're, nothing they're going like on. They're, low-key as messed up as the Knicks. Yeah, they're a train wreck, too. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, obviously, I think that he'd wave his no-trade to... Like the Warriors, who would not want him. Right. Uh, and it's not like Miami's not going to happen. Like they're they're tanking like, he's, more he's openly than the Rockets. Who would not want him? Um, right. Like he's, he's not going to play for Mike D'Antoni with the Rockets. Like right, it's not going to happen. Not to mention that like the Rockets, it's like they have a very intricate offense. Yeah, like, I mean, the, in the theory, he could be Ryan Anderson, but better. But that's not going right. to happen. That's not going to happen. They, I mean, they, and they have three guys that are making like twenty million. The rest of them are making like one or two th- or two, three million. So it's like they have to gut their entire team basically to get him. And, and then it's D'Antoni also. So it's just not going to happen. Um, and that's really it. I can't think of like any other. Uh, who is would the Celtics want him? Who knows? They're all, like, look, the Celtics will. Carmelo will get traded, and three days later, Danny Ainge will go on the radio and talk about how he almost traded for Carmelo. Like, we're, I'm, I'm done pretending that the Celtics are making their huge trade. I don't, like, I honestly don't know, like, where he would end up. The only that team that would, seems like even a, a theoretical would, fit that could work is the Clippers, but, like, are they really trading Blake Griffin for him? I don't think so. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think, I don't see that happening. That's not... Yeah, like, I, I talked that? about that particular aspect uh, on an earlier podcast. Like, I think if he does get moved, it'll have to be in the offseason when teams can, you know, go in different directions than it looks like they're going now and salaries are more f- freely traded and there's m- more teams with cap space and whatnot and he doesn't have to uproot his family in the middle of the season. I also, um, think, he, I also think that he wants to stay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's talked about that openly many times. Yeah, and, um, like, so uh, let me just add that the no-trade included in Melo's deal when, when Phil signed him to it is like for Phil like one of that's to me one of the worst things Phil has done because the only reason for it is to inoculate Phil from any criticism that he traded Mello and that it wasn't Mello's idea solely uh, and it's like kind of like it's just cowardice kind of in a way like I can't think of any other reason to agree to a no trade clause other than it's not like anybody else like could have offered it to him guy's idea. like I, I had no point I like it's all mellow. This is all mellow that wants this. Right, and nobody else could have offered him a no-trade clause. It's not legal. Like, right. he didn't need to give it to him. There's That's no why, reason to agree to it. There were only, like, I think two guys in the league that had him at that point, Kobe and KG. Kobe and KG, that's it. Yeah. And if, and if it was mellow that wanted it, you just say no. Where is he going to go? Who can offer him his money? You know, like, he's not going anywhere. And if it if it's you that wants it, then why? <laughs> like, right. it just doesn't make any sense. It does, uh yeah. It's, you know, as for the trade value of other guys in the team, this is something that I thought of yesterday relating to O'Quinn, who's like probably the most tradable guy on the team. You look at it around the league, though, so many teams have like 
spare big men at this point. Yeah. Like, what team is out there that's looking for another big that isn't, like, an elite rim protector or floor spacer? Like, he does some good things, and he's on a good contract. But, like, there are a bunch of teams that have, like, big man gluts that they're trying to trade from. Like, the Knicks aren't the only team looking to move a big for a wing. Like, look right. at the Nuggets. Like, would you rather have yeah. O'Quinn or Yusuf Nurkic? Like, I think you most people would rather have, have Nurkic. In, in the league today. So it's tough. Courtney yeah. Lee, I think, um, I think there would be takers for Courtney Lee. I think there would absolutely be takers for Courtney Lee. But, like, are they really what, trading yeah, Courtney back? Lee half a season into a four-year deal when he's, like, doing exactly what they got him for? I think you could probably get, don't you think you could probably get, like, two seconds for Courtney Lee? I mean... He got moved for, for, I think, P.J. Harrison and two seconds last year. I would think you could still get somewhere around there or more. Right. This year, he's played pretty well, uh, you know, doing basically exactly what he's done throughout his career. Like, I just don't know what, what would motivate the Knicks to move him unless they were like, we're literally moving everybody, which doesn't like, seem like a thing that's necessarily going to happen. And he was high-key their, their best signing this summer. Yeah, like easily. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're looking to move any of the young guys. Like Kuzminski, uh, I mean, Kuzminski isn't that young; he's twenty-seven. But like, but still, like, do they really want to move Holiday, who looks like a nice piece, and they could probably resign? Do they want to move Hernan Gomez? Like, I don't think so. Ron Baker's not bringing anything back. Neither is Mo Endor. Like, Rose is the only guy that seems like he bring something back. But who's going to trade for him now? Like, one of the other questions, like. Uh, assume uh, from Ben Jacobs, who goes assuming Derrick Rose wants to consider being a player in the NBA again. What's his trade value? Like negative. You know, yeah, I, I feel like you'd have there's to. There's no reason to trade for Derrick Rose right now. Yeah, it's also like the Bulls tried to trade him last year at the deadline, and nobody wanted him. He was yeah. a negative asset that the Knicks actually gave stuff up for. Like you would have to pay teams in assets, I, I think, for them to take him. At yeah, this I, I really don't. I don't. At least after this. I don't know if that was true 24 hours ago, like at 4.30 yesterday, or maybe it was because he might have already been on his way to Chicago at that point, but people didn't know that yet. Like, I would so at shoot-around yesterday, I don't think it was necessarily true that Rose would have been a negative trade asset. Like, it's also, possible they could have done something. Right. I guess, like LeBron said the Cavs do, but then he's talking about a backup point guard. And not one you that know, makes like, like $20 million. Right. To sit behind Kyrie Irving and probably be mad about it. Um, and not be able to get his next contract that he's been talking about for two years. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, you can't, he's untradeable right now. Just yeah. no one would trade for him. There's no reason to trade for him. There's, there's no motivation to give anything up to get him. Um, yeah, I th- he's a negative asset. I think he was a negative asset before the Knicks got him. Like, they were the only team willing to give up anything to get him. That was, you know, reported by plenty of people. I would argue that both, like, Noah and him are negative assets. Oh, Noah's clearly a negative asset on that like, contract. Yeah, like, you can't move him anywhere for anything. Yeah, that's the thing about all people that want to sort of tear it down. There's no, really no tear-down move beyond trading Carmelo. And that has to come with his consent. And Everybody else, you can't get anything for. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing about all of this. This is, like, the best position the Knicks have been in in a long time. I mean, they have... Because they have Porzingis. Right. They it's crazy. Porzingis just the pr- just pick. his presence on the team. Yeah. Like, they don't even really have anybody else that's a definitive long term piece. Like we don't know right. if there's anybody that's gonna that's on this team other than him that'll be in the rotation by the time his rookie contract ends. One hundred percent correct. Yes. 
Like, <laughs> like, yes. Two years from now, you'd, there's there's no guarantee that anybody other than Porzingis is still on the team. So it's like, <laughs> and they're still like this is somehow the best position they've been in in like it's, fifteen yeah, years. I mean, it's sad, and it's it is that is the case. I mean, it just shows you why you have to build through the draft also. Like, especially with the new CBA coming in, and it's going to be harder like than ever to acquire a, a star through free agency. And they're just, they don't get traded. It's very rare that a real star comes up on the block. Like, it just, very it happens, but very rarely. It's going to become even harder to acquire free agent superstars now. You're just going to have to get pieces through the draft. And it's, that's... You just have to do it. And luckily, this is this. Luckily, this is a good point guard draft too. Like yeah. uh, another one of the questions we got, like from several people, is like, what are the possible point guards they can get for the future? So, like, this draft is littered with point guards, like Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith, Frank Nikolatina, um, yeah, all these guys that, that you can read up on. Um, you know, I would say several of those guys will be top ten picks. Markel right. Fultz is probably going that. number one. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless they win the lottery, it doesn't look like they're going to pick quite that high. Um, there are some pretty good point guards that are going to come on the market this offseason. Like, I don't think they're signing Steph Curry. I don't think they're signing Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, I would imagine they're going to offer Chris Paul whatever he wants, but the Clippers can offer him way more. Um, and, and they don't look like they're anywhere close to as, as close as the Clippers are to going to the finals. And so, like, why would Chris Paul then leave? Um, I don't really know. Um, I and mean, also, like, why, like, just, uh, you know, look at what the Bucks did with Malcolm Brogdon. You can find a guy. Yeah, you can absolutely find a guy. And, but, and, and this goes to, to the question of whose team is it, because... Right. There's also, there's... Not, whether, like, whether or not you believe that Porzingis is their best player, um, he will be soon, and he is the piece that they should build around. Like, philosophically... That was already true a, last yeah. offseason, and they were right. like... You need to have a center, of a philosophical center of your team, and it needs to be Porzingis. They need to build around him. They need to, to start going, okay, who fits around him? And that doesn't even mean that they need to trade Carmelo. It just means right. that... That doesn't mean that. They just need to, it they just needs to be made... You just need to start tailoring your decisions around Porzingis. It doesn't need right. to change anything. It I actually think those two work well together. Yeah. And KP has talked tons of times about how much Carmelo helps him in terms of, you know, his actual play on the court and, you know, their off-court relationship. But you need to be looking to acquire guys that will help you build the next contender around Porzingis, not help you build the team that's going to be, at best, a fringe contender that's going to lose to the Cavs because Carmelo only has two years left on his contract. Like, at, at this point... That, I think that was already true last offseason. You know, people made the argument like, oh, it's going to be so good for him if he plays a couple playoff games this year. Like, there's no proof of that, first of all. Right. Like, even if you accept that, I don't think that that... Like, we've seen now that there's no guarantee they're even going to get to that point. So, like, go and and try to build your next team that's going to be a legit contender. Um, you know, get guys that can grow and stay with KP and be in their in their prime or getting better uh, when he's, you know, fully ready to take over and lead the team for good. Um, that, that's something that has to come into consideration. 
you know, there's younger point guards that'll be available. Drew Holiday is going to be out there. Uh, a guy like Patty Mills, not necessarily as high sure. usage, but a good shooter, pushes the ball like Hornacek wants to. Um, you know, George Hill is sort of like a triangle-style point guard. He's sure. a great fit in Utah and supposedly wants to stay there, though. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there. Um, but Drew and Hill, at least, uh, uh, Drew Hill, um, are uh, are both good defenders, which is nice, which the Knicks haven't had since Charlie Ward. Um so our our friend Zach Harper asks, "Where is Derek Rose?" Uh, we know now. Good question. He was well, at yeah, practice. He's, he's like, yeah, he's somewhere in the state of New York. We he's assume. back in New York. Uh, yeah, gonna play in the game tomorrow. Possibly start if Crazy. he's in. He's gonna play if he's in the right mental state. He's gonna start. No. Um, that means if as long as I get assurances that Ron Baker won't take my minutes. Yeah, uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, uh, at Chaniqua asks, why are we born only to suffer and die? Which I feel like is a very uh, very uh, relevant I question for Knicks I, I think that's a timeless question that we've been asking like as a, as a race for a long time. And we will continue to ask. I think it's an important question. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, it's one that we don't necessarily have a good answer to just yet. And um, I would imagine we'll be searching for it over the next few years. Um, uh, Kevin Lindsay asks, does Phil know what he is doing? Which I feel like is sort of an operative question for the I'm not sure like, that Phil... I gotta tell you that I'm not convinced of Phil's... Um, I'm not convinced Phil's like a day-to-day guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't sense his imprint on this team other than please play the triangle more. And honestly, that's... And I like Joachim Noah. He seems good to me. Well, they, they did get that, high together in Montana or something. Yeah, like, other than that, like, Porzingis, he's already credited to uh, Clarence Gaines, essentially arguing for it. Um, but that's another thing that's come up, is basically people are like, he hasn't made one good move other than drafting Porzingis. Well, he made several um, moves that he undid with the trades right. for Rose. He and traded Tim Hardaway, who was, I think, like the 24th pick in the draft, and then had two like pretty bad seasons for yeah, the 19th pick up, like, two years later. He fleeced Atlanta for that Which was pretty good. Pick. And now, supposedly, the Hawks are looking to trade Hardaway for a couple seconds. Right, for two seconds. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, they hope. So that turned out pretty well. He actually played a little, he just played better. As a Robin player. Lopez was a nice value signing. That worked out well. I mean, would you rather have... Would you rather have Robin Lopez at fifty-four million or at at twenty-eight years old, twenty-seven when he signed it, or would you have rather have Joachim Noah at thirty-one years old at seventy-two million? Yeah, I, I think years, anybody that right? answers Noah at this point is like lying to themselves. I think. Yeah, it's not. Uh, he's making significantly more money. He's much older. He can't stay on the court for longer than like twenty minutes a night, and when he is on the court, he's not all that great. Like, whatever you want to think about the Rose trade, certainly that aspect of it has not worked. Yeah. Um, and another question, uh, well, actually, I get, this is not actually a real question. This guy goes, at Hunt the Snark goes, what's the furthest you've ever traveled for a booty call? Um, pretty good question. It's a good question. I'm not sure I need to think on it. Yeah. Eight kilometers or what? I need to think on it. Yeah, it's. I just uh, figured out in metric or, or English. 
Yeah, that's that's not necessarily a question that has all that much relation to it, but it was a response to my my tweet last night asking people for questions about the Derrick Rose saga, and uh, I just thought it was an interesting one. Like that's where this guy's mind went, you know. I don't know why he wants to know. Uh, another guy was like, uh, oh, actually, it's the same guy that asks this question. He goes, could you guys role play a Knicks fan who sees Rose in the airport and asks him why he isn't at the game? Oh, there's no way that he, he wasn't like at the airport for regular people. Like, Derek Rose definitely goes to the like the thing where you like drive straight up to the hangar and get on like a... Do we know if he even took a flight back to Chicago? Like, did he get on a train? Who knows? But he's like he definitely flew some kind of like the kind of boarding where you don't even see the person until you're on the plane and like maybe wait. Maybe so that that also so he apparently asked the Knicks to arrange him a flight back. Who arranged right. the flight there? Did he like net jet it up? Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, I guess it's just harder for like a non uh, incorporated entity to get a private jet on five minutes notice. Yeah, I also we don't really we don't even know what time he left to go back to Chicago. Was it right after shoot around? Was it at like three o'clock? Around for a while. Right. So much information that we don't have. It's all very, very strange. I would imagine there will be more fallout as uh, the days and weeks go by. But I'm happy that. uh, that we decided to talk about weirdness because yeah, we've, we've done that many times before. Appreciate and, it. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it many times in the future. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate yeah, it. No uh, you can find Jason's work at theringer.com. He wrote about this. He wrote about several uh, other things this week. wrote about Phil Jackson and George Carl, which I just read before we jumped on this podcast. That was a good piece as well. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Network with a three instead of the second, or sorry, instead of the O. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with another podcast tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. Jason, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Napa know It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17.